Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 2, Episode 213 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we continue with July the 27th to August 2nd, Alma 39-42, The Great Plan of Happiness in the Come Follow Me materials. And we're moving into Alma 41 today, continuing with the title, I Will Be Resurrected and Stand Before God to be Judged. So we continue with Alma's teachings to his son Corianton about what the resurrection will include, uh, what life after this will be like. And um, he goes further because Alma believes that some have rested the scriptures and have gone far astray, um, meaning changed them. And there is a concern in his son. So he continues teaching him about this principle. In verse two, he says, I say unto thee, I say unto thee, my son, that the plan of restoration is requisite with the justice of God, for it is requisite that all things should be restored to their proper order. Behold, it is their requisite and just, according to the power and resurrection of Christ, that the soul of man should be restored to its body, and that every part of the body should be restored to itself. So this is obviously an important point that the soul will come back to the body. Now, this is something uh, which uh, President Russell M. Nelson has said, and I love this. And this will um, lead to something at the end, which I came to realise as I can, as I studied this chapter today. It says, the he's, he says, quote, the attributes by which we shall be judged one day are all spiritual. The spirit, not the body, is the active, responsible component of the soul. Without the spirit, the body is dead. It is the spirit, therefore, that chooses good or evil, and that will be held accountable for both the positive and negative attributes it possesses at the final judgment. Your spirit, coupled with and housed in your body, is able to develop and manifest these attributes in a way that are vital to your eternal progression. Close quote. So we know that the spirit is the active part within ourselves, is the part that is responsible for our decision making. We know that the body is what the spirit is housed in. And it is this principle that will be key as we go through this chapter today. In verse uh, four, I'm going to skip to verse four, actually. It's uh, um, Alma says, and if their works are evil, they shall be restored unto them for evil. Therefore, all things shall be restored to their proper order, everything to its natural frame, mortality raised to immortality, corruption to incorruption, raised to endless happiness to inherit the kingdom of God, or to endless misery to inherit the kingdom of the devil, the one on the one hand, the other on the other. Um, Jack H. Gosland Jr. Uh, made a wonderful co- um, point about um, this kind of state where we end up with what we did. We, 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 we reap what we sow. He says, quote, words such as reap, restored and desire imply that happiness is a consequence, not a reward. We are restored to a state of happiness when we have chosen to live according to the plan of happiness. Our joy in God's kingdom will be a natural extension of the happiness we cultivate in this life. I absolutely love this because we often talk about the celestial kingdom in a future sense or in a future tense. That one day, you know, after this life, we will be happy. You know, things will be perfect. And whilst things can't be perfect in this life, what uh, Jack H. Gosland Jr. here is saying is that the happiness we will enjoy and experience in the next life begins now. Um, through the choices, through the life uh, decisions we make, we are able to start to cultivate this happiness today. Uh, and so that, that makes the celestial glory, the joy that we feel in the celestial kingdom, not a future thing that we can look forward to, but something we can start to enjoy today. Of course, it will be a fraction of what we can experience because our bodies are not perfect. We are free from worldly care. We're not free from worldly cares and sorrows. Um, there is some clear differences between here and the celestial kingdom. 
But the, the, the peace and happiness we can feel there, we can start to begin to grow here. And it's actually what we're going to cultivate that we will experience there. So it's not the case that it's a reward, but it's a natural consequence of what we do. And this is a really important point. It's the sense that God will bless us with the resurrection and the being free from worldly cares. But we are meant to be building ourselves so that we are ready to receive that peace and joy because it's through our decisions we can receive this happiness. And that is why in verse 10 it says, Do not suppose, because it has been spoken concerning restoration, that ye shall be restored from sin to happiness. Behold, I, never, I say unto you, wickedness never was happiness. This peace and joy that we feel in the celestial kingdom, we can begin to feel today. An important point here, in October 2017, uh, Sister Sharon Eubank uh, said this, Quote, being happy doesn't mean to slap a, a plastic smile on your face no matter what is going on, but it does mean keeping the laws of God and building and lifting others. When we build, when we lift on the burden of others, it blesses our lives in ways our trials cannot take away. I have a quote by President Gordon B. Hinckley placed where I see it every day. He said, you don't build out of pessimism or cynicism. You look with optimism, you work with faith and things happen, close quote. So, you know, all that together is a wonderful lesson that, you know, we are not going to be just given, here you go, here's happiness that you've not had before in the celestial kingdom. It, we are building that today. We are working to, to, to learn how to do that today, um, which is wonderful. It's, it's a really powerful thing, actually, which I haven't really considered how powerful it is before, that that hope is available now. Um, in verse 8, there is just something I want to make a quick comment on. Uh, it says, now the decrees of God are, are unalterable. And I'll just stop there before I read the rest of the verse. Now, obviously, things have changed throughout the church's history. Um, you know, policies on polygamy, policies on the law of consecration and that, and then the law of tithing. You know, things have changed throughout the, the church's history. Uh, some um, elements of the temple ordinance, for example. Um, and so some look at look to that and say, well, look, your book says, the decrees of God are unalterable, but things have changed over time. Um, and I don't, I think that that is just a lack of understanding of what the next part of this verse says. It says, therefore, the way is prepared that whosoever will may will may walk therein and be saved. So he's referring to the decrees of God being unalterable, linking that to the way that we could be saved. And that, of course, is through the Savior Jesus Christ and his atonement and his gospel. Um, through the, the principles and ordinances of the gospel, which are faith, repentance, receiving baptism and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and though that has has never changed since the day since the day he walked the earth. So um, I just thought I'd make a little comment there on that. Verse 11 and 13, I'm going to finish with. Uh, and again, some really big things that I, that I actually learned a lot from in this, in this chapter. Uh, in verse 11, it says, And now, my son, all men are in a state of nature, or I would say in a carnal state, are in the gall of bitterness, in the bonds of iniquity. They are without God in the world, and they have gone contrary to the nature of God. Therefore, they are in a state contrary to the nature of happiness. Um, so again, making the point that we have the choices to make, um, and we and this is this is again a really important principle. You know, we have a choice. We are able to make a decision. Um, James E. Faust said this, quote, We are all accountable for our actions. My experience as a lawyer taught me that those who follow a life of crime frequently blame their father or mother or society in which they are when they are imprisoned. Yet they willfully chose to act contrary to the nature of God and consequently are in a state contrary to the nature of happiness. 
Some of them even claimed, the devil made me do it. The truth in that statement is that the devil entices us to do evil. The falsehood is because we have agency. The devil can't make us do anything we choose not to do. Close quote. And this, of course, is really difficult because we all make decisions, um, mostly every day, that are bad. <laughs> and uh, it's so hard because we want to make the right choices, those of us that are probably listening to this podcast. Um, but we have, we always have that choice. You know, if we have wronged someone, we have the choice to to go and make it better. We have the choice to put aside our anger or, or our resentment to that person. Um, and, well, I mean, if someone has wronged us, you know, we, we have the opportunity, we have the choice to forgive them and, you know, say, look, you know, I wasn't happy with this, but I forgive you. I mean it. Um, if, if let's take the example of Corrie Anson, if there is a sin that, um, you know, we, we need to work through with our, our father in heaven, if it's something that we can't put aside, let's, let's, let's say the, the plague of pornography. If that is something that is, is plaguing you right now, you have a choice to, you know, go to a priesthood leader if, if you are struggling to overcome that and invite the saviour into your life to make that real change that true repentance um or you have the choice not to uh, and i think that making that choice and breaking the cycle of whatever it is that we are we find ourselves stuck in uh, for, and we'll all be stuck in something no matter who we are um, we have that choice to turn to the saviour and to repent today and that's why I love that quote by Elder Holland, um, which I don't have to hand right now, but where he says that change, we often make repentance a very, you know, seem like a very tricky process. But the, the, the fact is it can happen today with a simple prayer, with a statement saying, I am going to change today. And then making those choices or the steps to do whatever we need to, to have that thing eradicated from our lives. Um, and then in verse 13, um, it says, well, actually, I'm not going to read the verse because time is against us. But he talks again about this this restoring of evil for evil and good for that which is good. Um, President Daniel H. Oaks said this, quote, The assurance of resurrection also gives a, a powerful incentive to keep the commandments of God during our mortal lives. Resurrection is much more than just merely reuniting a spirit to a body held captive by the grave. We know from the Book of Mormon that the resurrection is a restoration that brings back carnal for God, carnal and good for that which is good. The prophet Alma taught the same spirit which doth possess your bodies at the time you go out to this life, that same spirit will have the power to possess your body in that eternal world. As a result, when persons leave this life and go on to the next, they who are righteous shall be righteous still, and whatever principle of intelligence we attain unto in this life will rise with us in the resurrection. Close quote. And this is the big thing that I learned from studying this today. So we often imagine the resurrection to be this thing where we're just suddenly given glory and perfect perfectness and you know complete everlasting joy it just is handed right there and then but this links back to what president nelson said at the start of this study session we are building that today we will all be given a perfect body and i've always had that question of well if we're all given a perfect like a perfect body how can we all have different states of glory if we're all given a perfect body you know it's perfect you can't get more perfect than that but that's when I realised with this quote and the words that we've read today in chapter 41, it's our spirits that are the determining, differentiating factor between someone who, let's say, receives celestial glory and someone who receives celestial glory. Their bodies are both perfect, but it is the soul together with the body that receives the difference of glory and happiness and peace and joy, depending on what they have been doing and what their what their personality and their characteristics have been developed into during this life 
it is that that defines whether we are going to be a celestial glory resurrected person or a telestial glory. Not necessarily the body, because they're both perfect, but it's the soul complete together that will get that will do that. And I just I don't know why. Like that just really stood out to me and I just really thought that was powerful. Uh, so it'd be I'd be interested to hear your thought your thoughts on it. You can join us on the Facebook the group Church of Jesus Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me, where you can share your thoughts, your comments of what I on what I or other people are sharing, or share something yourself. I'd love to hear from you there. You can also email session at gmail.com if you'd like to join in a future podcast episode on Zoom. It's really easy. Just ping us an email, ping me an email on session at gmail.com and I'll and we can set something up really easily. Thank you for listening and until we meet again. <laughs>